All right, we're sitting here with Paul Abrams of the newly named Elevate <laughs> Elevate Webbyplex Pro Cycling Team. Okay, so we want to get, um, speaking of BWR Belgian Waffle Ride, uh, one of his riders, Brian McCulloch, won it two years ago now. So coming from a director standpoint who runs a professional team who travels around the world and has seen the current trend of racing either going away or popping up in the u.s where does an event like belgian waffle ride sit with you guys and where do you think that's going as far as like the u.s demo of racing you know brian brian won belgian waffle ride a couple years ago and the team got a ton of exposure and um it was it was a blessing and I think it was really a eye opener for us just about how much publicity and traction it got. Um, now that we've had a couple gravel events and we've had some guys do them, I think it's really important to respect the scene, the gravel scene, and recognize that uh, that scene is about inclusion and it's about participation and it's about uh, personal growth and, and pushing your limits. And that is very different than running a professional cycling team and being a part of a professional cycling team. And I think that um, it's really important that um, teams recognize. I don't. I don't really know if you know all of these events want the Elevate Webbyplex Pro Cycling Team to show up with the trucks and the vans and and have ten guys on the front. Um, I think that that might possibly change the vibe of the event. And I think we've been, we've been having discussions internally of how do you respect the event? How do you still gain maximum exposure um, without turning it into something that it's not? So speaking on that, because I've been curious myself, um, just for a little back history, like how long would you say you've been, you know, around the U.S. pro racing scene? How many years? We started, we started our program 10 not, years Not ago. even like the program, but like you in general, like, you know, observing it or being part of it or well, seeing it. Yeah. So I guess, you know, since 1986, you know, I, I watched the Tour de France in 1986 and I started racing a bike in 1987. Um, so I've been around a, a pretty long time and we've seen, we've seen, a, we've seen a lot of things come and go. There's been times where people have told me, Paul, you need to start a, a gravel professional team. And people have told me, Paul, you need to start a Red Hook fixie team. And Paul, you need to start a women's professional track team because the women's, U.S. women's are gonna, women's team is going to win a ton of gold medals this year. And so mountain biking was hot. Downhill was hot. Um, but, you know, our passion is road cycling. We love road cycling, and we celebrate all those different events. So I've seen a lot come and go. Um, and I, I celebrate cycling as long as someone's got a seat and, and two pedals and is pedaling their bike. I'm pumped. And if it's successful and gaining attraction, um, I'm excited for it. So with, with knowing that, obviously it's no secret that the U.S. calendar for road racing has been in a decline over the past X amount of years. Do you see an event like the Belgian Waffle Ride, which is turned into a race? You know, you have all these pro guys coming over. But the thing is, it's like a it's very similar to like a marathon style to where you have all the top guys coming and they're racing for the 
the win, but then you have the weekend warrior people that are just there and they're on the same course, same day. Like, do you see this model being the successful model for us racing to kind of start going back up? Or do you see this as kind of just like a down part for road cycling and more stage races will pop back up and more races will come back. So like, that's what I'm curious. Like not so much like the gravel, but like this style of event for cycling. Cause obviously what is going on in the U S with California going away, like it's just in a tough spot. And you know, is this the future of events or racing in the U S I think that people are looking, um, for different things from events. I think, I think road racing has a tough time. If you're going to charge $60 and you're going to have someone do a road race in let's say Bakersfield, California, um, and there's no feed stations, there's no aid stations, there's nowhere for their friends and family to hang out, support. There's not a beer garden. There's not an expo space. Um, I think that's a really tough sell right now. You know, when you go, when you look at the, the newer events and, they have a festival going on within a bike race. I mean, it's really attractive. My kids can go to it. My wife can go to it. We can invite our friends to it, and they can feel like they're a part of this bigger community. And I think um, I think there's some really great road events that are doing that. I think the Redlands Bicycle Classic does a great job with that. I think the Tour of Utah does a great job with that. I think Armed Forces does a great job with it. Um, so I think there, there are events that are embodying this new festival style of racing to offer the fans and spectators um, other things to do at the event. And I think that that is definitely the way forward. So like when you, you know, plan your schedule for the year, your roster and your teams and sponsors, like, you know, are these events starting to come into more of a conversation of like, you know, maybe, you know, your bike sponsor or, you know, whatever sponsors like, Hey, are you guys going to be at, this event and that night might not be the traditional, you know, Redlands or Gila or, you know, maybe Cali back, you know, when it was around, like, are they, are these events getting a little more, I don't want to say bigger, but like more of an ask, or is, is that even a conversation as far as like them being noticeable to these big brands are like, Hey, we're, we're putting this money into your pro cycling team, but we also want you over here as well. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a great question. Um, I'm going to be a hundred percent honest with you. I've probably talked to, we have 24 partners, um, and our team is built to be the best U.S. road team in the country, um, and we did that last year. We had the most successful year we've had, and I've, and I've sat down with our partners, and I've said, okay, here's, I've sat down with them, and they've sat down with me, and, they've, and there's always inquiries about doing an alternative schedule, and to be honest, it comes down to money. And so if we originally signed our contracts to do a road schedule and now all of a sudden there's, let's say, five or six new races that pop up or that are of interest to our sponsors, it really comes down to dollars and cents. And if our partners really want us at Belgium Waffle Ride and it's not on our original schedule, well, there's, there's, a, there's a cost component to it. And so those discussions happen, but we haven't gotten to the point where my partners have said, okay, stop being a professional road racing team, start focusing on these gravel events. And so we kind of, not gravel, but alternative events. Um, but I think we dabble just enough. Like Brian did Dirty Kansas last year. He obviously won Belgium Waffle Ride. So I think we're, 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 we're aware of it. At the same time, we're, we're trying to be really true to who we are. 
which is a professional road, road racing team. That's where my passion is. That's where the staff passion is. Um, and I think we want to go to these events to celebrate and embrace the events and, um, and not really look like we, we don't pencil them in and say we want to win this bike race. Or we say uh, on the opposite side, we want to win Tulsa Tough. We want to win U.S. Pro Championships. We want to win Tour of Utah. Um, the guys really want to go to Belgian Waffle Ride and have a really great ride. Um, but we're not sending the trucks and the cars and the staff. Um, we want them to enjoy the experience. And I think interacting with our partners and our fans in that kind of atmosphere is more beneficial to us at this time than sending a full squad to try to dominate and win those events. So like speaking on that and not just talking about like the building wall fried in general, but you know, with, you know, how you've seen the, you know, the current landscape or just what everything's going on with the change and the gravel. And like, do you think that, you know, in, five years you guys will be bringing a full team there or in three years or is, is it still do you think it's going to hold on to these events of like just kind of like the cool vibe not cool but like just laid back you know going there for fun or do you see like this turning into something where it is like the full pros are showing up and they're showing up with their rigs and you know is that i mean because i think right now we're kind of in a like you said you've seen the trends up and down whether it's mountain bike downhill or whatever but like is this like a trend do you think or do you think this just keeps getting like bigger and bigger and more guys are coming over to it well, I think I think you're going to I think we're at that the cost to some of these events now is really expensive. Right? The the entry fees are getting to be pretty pretty pricey and then you have your entry fee and then if you're traveling from out of state, then you have your hotel fees and then you have your food fees. So I think I think the events are quite pricey for the average consumer right now and so I think that they're going to I think there's some tweaking to do with the model. Um, you know, for us, a lot, our partners are looking for a lot of exposure and I think there's a lot of print exposure and there's a lot of exposure on the web, but right now the events aren't telecast live. Um, and so I think, I think it's a real exciting time for these events just to see where they take it. Um, and I think we're kind of, we're, we're kind of in a wait and see right now, um, phase, like I said, we totally love them. We totally, you know, want to participate in them. Um, it'll be really interesting to see. If I if I had a crystal ball, I would say that um, if I had to make a guess. I'd say I'd say the events are gonna stay. I think there's still going to be some morphing. I think there's still going to be some refinement to it. Um, but I definitely think it's it's going to be probably one of the most successful arms that we have of USA Cycling. So, like, looking at, you know, back to, like, the road style events that, you know, you're at every year, you're participating in, you know, the Joe Martin, the Redlands, the Tulsa's, do you see anything there that might be able to be done differently or just, you know, obviously there's a downward spiral with some of these events or is it just a cost infrastructure of, like, getting the permits for these roads or, like, I mean... I mean, is there anything different that maybe these other events are doing? You said the festival thing, but like just that could keep them changing or, you know, different courses or, you know, I was talking to one of the riders earlier and they said, like, we were talking about how, you know, a couple of these stage races, they don't change their course. It's the same thing every year. So, you know, who's going to win that stage usually the type of rider, like, I don't know. I just, I don't really see sometimes a lot of, you know, difference in each year or is it just, that's just how they are. And like, you know, sometimes it gets too costly to shut the roads down and that's maybe why 
these races aren't going on anymore. You know, I think that I think that's a very long-winded answer, and I'm going to try to keep it as short as possible. I think that most people, including myself, who get into cycling, they get in it because they love riding their bikes. And I think there was a time where, you, where when you were a registered club or team with USA Cycling, you had to put on an event to be a club. And about five years ago, cycling or USA Cycling stopped enforcing that. So now all of a sudden, you had 100 clubs in Southern California that were required to participate, put on events that no longer have to. Um, I think that that is a major factor to our events going down. Um, and I, and I, if you take a close look at the events that are successful, most of them are nonprofit events that are regionally based events. So like you take like the Redlands Classic. It's, uh, it's run by a nonprofit board. They're, it's an all-volunteer base, and they do it for the good of the community. If you look at an event like Tulsa, um, you know, they have the, 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 the local school system involved. They have the local health care system involved. And it's really there for the community. I think, I think cycling struggles to put on these big, mega, national caliber events that need millions and millions of dollars in sponsorship revenue. And I think that that model is definitely struggling. And, it's in, and I think that there needs to be a revamp on that. But I really believe in the local, regional events that serve their community and don't try to do too much or be too big. Those seem to be the ones that really stay, that have the the staying power and they have the community backing behind them. Um, I think the one-off races that we've had here in the U.S. um, and some of the really big Tour de Pont, Tour de Trump, I just don't know if those are sustainable. And history has shown that they're not. So, like, looking, you know, back on to, like, BWR for like this year like you know obviously you and your riders Brian McCulk won a couple years ago like this year do you have a plan as far as you're gonna send one or two or are you kind of still just like yeah you know if the guys can do it they can do it I think it conflicts with one of the races Hila so that's obviously an issue but like is that more so like okay maybe if um you know these two guys are in the area or this guy's in the area like that's kind of like where it is right now or do you like see like oh you know hey like you see all these pros doing it though like you have the the Stetna the Tendam like you know, maybe it would be good exposure if we send a couple guys out there that could maybe beat them or, you know, could be good. Or I don't know, like, what's your kind of thought just, like, going into it, like, for this year? Again, our, our number one focus is to be the best road team in America. So, you know, your race, that race right now conflicts with Tour Gila, and we won Tour Gila last year. So we're going to send our best squad to the Tour Gila, and then we'll have four or five guys who aren't on that squad um, and it's probably safe to say that two or three of them will probably do Belgian Waffle Ride. Now, that being said, since Brian's won it before in the past, Brian and I have, have had a conversation, and, you know, Brian is such a great teammate and such a great warrior that he's like, hey, if you need me at Gila, I'm going to go to Gila. Um, that being said, I know how much fun he had there. I know the, the impact that it had in his local community with his business, um, Big Wheel Coaching, and I think that Brian needs to take another crack at it. Um, so for, for us, the team's going to send a couple guys to help Brian, and um, you know we're going to go out there and have fun and, and really interact with the crowd and the community, but we're, we're going to help Brian uh, try to get back on the top, top step. 
much appreciated, Paul. Like, I think it's cool to always like. I think that is a cool thing about the Belgian Waffle Ride, though. Is, like, we can have a discussion and get your point of view from a professional team director that will have a couple riders there, but then also we can chat with, you know, the average Joe that's going to show up and do it. So it's just always interesting to get everyone's, you know, different perspective on this event and where it falls with them. And um, yeah, much appreciated for the chat. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll look forward to seeing you out there. But that one and Helen, see how you guys do it. Thanks a lot, John. And uh, best best luck to you, and uh, thank you listeners for listening in.